views expressed on the Health on a Win podcast is not a substitute for the medical advice of your licensed physician, nurse practitioner, or any other health professional whose care you are under. Consult with your healthcare professional about any matters relating to your health and health needs, and before beginning any new health program or implementing any health information discussed on this podcast or on whatismyhealth.com. We're here with Debbie Bucciarelli, who is the new owner of Wooden Gate Quilts in Danville, California. This is a new adventure for you right this is yes it's a big adventure so you just purchased the quilt shop and you're fully taking over february 1st you said or february 14th uh february 1st we sign the papers so we close on february 1st and then uh we are physically closing the store for two weeks to what we're calling hit the refresh button and um, kind of redo the inside. You know, we're remodeling a little bit and so the customers can feel that it's more inviting and, you know, it symbolizes a new owner versus walking in and saying, hi, I'm the new person, even though You've seen me working here. <laughs> so, now, how long have you been working there again? I just started working there in um, May, 1st of May. Oh, okay. So not even a year. Yes. But okay. I've been a customer there for years. You Okay, that's right. You've been a customer. You've been going there for... How long have you been going to the shop now as a customer? Since 2012. So seven years. Okay. Yeah. So you were a customer for seven years. You started working there in may of 2018 and then you decided to buy and and so from the time you started working there to the time you decided to buy the quilt shop was it was probably actually it was brought up in my interview the present owner hired me to be her office manager get her through a new um point of sales computer systems she was installing and do training and so in the course of that interview conversation, you know, I my experience of franchise, you know, being a business consultant and all of that came up and you know, I said, you know, I've always I've always had this inkling of owning my own business and she was like, "Oh, really? Well, I have an inkling of wanting to sell." Okay. So, <laughs> and so I said, you know, if you get serious, let me know. And, you know, we'll entertain the thought, you know, if it's like, if it's a right fit, it's a venture that, you know, we would be interested in. And two months later, she approached us and said, yep, I want to get out of here. And part of it was her oldest daughter and her husband had a new baby. So first grandchild is, you know, across the country. She's taking care of her mom and the business was therefore not her top priority so so a lot of things seemed to change in a short period of time for her yeah very short period of time for her so um so that's that's the series of events that the universe presented so it's kind of interesting so Um, you you talked about possibly buying the shop on your job interview and then (laughs) within a couple of months that was a realistic possibility absolutely (laughs) the rapid succession of events that blows my mind how quickly something like that could happen 
you know, sometimes I've learned in my wisdom of age that um, if you allow the universe to just go and be patient and just be present, you know, sometimes the opportunities are presenting itself all the time Mm -hmm. and you're just not, you know, you're not present enough in that moment to experience that or and or you know you're just too busy and caught up in you know what you want and you always have these dreams and these hopes but the the thing that I've learned is if you continually tell yourself that you're capable and this is what you want and you then therefore you're going to see yourself in that role mm-hmm. and Sometimes the opportunities just kind of happen, and you think that it's random, but I'm I'm not thinking that it is. <laughs> I know that I know that some people um, put a lot of stock into this idea of the universe, kind of knowing what to send your way at the right time, and other people are totally the opposite. That's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to be honest. I I feel like I was skeptical of that kind of idea for a long time when I was younger. Not because I was against it or anything like that. It just it wasn't something I ever actually thought about. And any time anybody ever said it, I just I, I didn't really give it a serious thought. Or I thought it was like one of those cliche, you know, I kind of just dismissed it when I was younger. And over the last several years, there have been things that have happened for me personally where, uh, I'll give you an example. When I was living in Connecticut about seven years ago, I was Uh driving home in a snowstorm. The power was out and I thought that I'd be able to make it home. I made it to within about a mile of my apartment, but the snowstorm was in October. So there were still, there were still leaves on the trees and on top of the weight of the branches that had leaves on them, the weight of the snow was breaking a lot of the branches on these trees. The road I was on was a very hilly road. I was coming down a portion of the hill and up ahead, I saw um, a downs power line, two cars that had been abandoned on either side of the road. It was icy, and I could not see pretty much any further than that. So I got out of my car, and and my car got stuck. And I was trying to shovel myself out. It was about midnight at this point. And all around me, like on either side, is just the woods. (laughs) Um, And every 10, 15 seconds, I would hear another branch crack and fall somewhere in the woods. And I remember thinking... If I, if I can't get out of here, a branch is going to fall on my car while I'm in it. I, I honestly, I was legitimately scared for my own well-being. The police had had so many calls that night. They said, well, you're kind of on your own. You know, you have to dig yourself out of wherever you are. 20 minutes later, uh, I see headlights coming from the opposite direction. It turns out there was a guy coming the other way who had snow tires on his Jeep 
just completely by chance and i i flagged him down i'm like this is this might be the only person who comes through here the entire night this is this might be the difference mm-hmm. between me sleeping in my car and possibly getting crushed by a tree or getting home <laughs> so he said hey you know are you, are you stuck and i said yeah I, I can't get my car to you know I, i'm kind of on the slope here and even if i can get my car to turn around it's so slippery i, I couldn't fully get back up the hill if i tried and he said okay well can you get your car to the side of the road so i I was able to pull it over enough so if other cars were coming hopefully they would avoid my car right and i told him where i lived and he knew where it was he actually had worked construction on my apartment building so he knew exactly where my building was and he's like i'll bring you home I took my bag, I took a couple things out of my car, got in the car with this complete stranger in the middle of the night, and I was like, I don't know that I can trust this guy, but I I kind of had to take it or leave it at that point. Yeah. We made it back, no problem. I had 20 bucks in my wallet, I just said, here, like, and he, and he didn't want to take it. I said, listen, if you didn't come through, I probably would have spent the entire night in my car. Please, just, t- like, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you helping me right now. Thank you. Gave him and he, and he he took it and he he left. And the next morning, one of my neighbors from the building drove me up the road to my car, and I thought for sure that my car was going to be damaged in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. And there was so much debris on the road that there was really only room for one car to go through at a time. So cars were alternating, going in opposite directions to get through on this road. We get to where I left my car. And all around my car were fragments of branches and leaves and just all kinds of debris. There was maybe a twig across my, like a a thin branch across my windshield, but nothing that had done any damage. It was just like a very light branch. Um, Not a scratch on my car. Wow. And no damage done whatsoever. And I remember that was like the first time I ever thought... You know, I'm not sure if I believe in divine intervention or the universe or, you know, energy of the universe or whatever. But if I did, whatever that is, definitely was looking out for me last night and looking out for my car. The fact that I'm okay, my car is completely unscratched, unharmed, is unbelievable to me because it was one of the worst storms I had ever been in. And after that, it was kind of like, all right, you know what, maybe there is something to the universe kind of just sending things your way like that guy uh, coming up the road in the opposite direction and after that i was i kind of opened my mind to it a little bit more so i don't know that's that's just my little story about (laughs) (coughs) my belief in this idea of the universe and the energies of it and all that stuff you know i don't really think that at your age i believed that either And a lot of that is because time and your experiences just kind of line up. And when you reflect back, you go, hmm, well, what made me make that decision? And and why did I make that decision? And what was it in that moment that was the breaking point? And I I just always remember thinking, and and I've told all my kids that if you keep making the same decisions the same way, even though they look different, Mm -hmm. deep down the same patterns are there. 
you go about things in the same way, you will always get the same result. I, I always look at it as satellites, you know, kind of going around the Earth. And you have to get out of that orbit and, you know, jettison yourself just a little bit. Just have the faith that something's better out there. Yeah. And then you start a different trajectory and different things happen and better things happen. And then all of a sudden that becomes your sphere and you get comfortable in that sphere. And when you make yourself uncomfortable again, you go again into another sphere where different things happen that you are, you know, you go, wow, I could have only imagined that. You have to look back on your life. You know, you've 30 some years, you know, it's, you could probably see if you really mapped out your life to this point Mm -hmm. where those jettison points have been oh definitely i've i've done that especially at times when i've gone through like a particularly challenging experience you know it's hard to it's hard to get out of the negative mindset sometimes and every now and then i'll try to like reset my train of thought and go back and say okay you know what i've been through challenging times before you know, and then I'll go back and I'll map out well, what happened as a result of that. What did I do mm-hmm. following that experience or during that experience that brought me out of it? And where did it take me? And actually, th- another example that leads me back to Connecticut is I-, I went through a particularly messy breakup. And ultimately, that and a number of other factors like work was a factor and the fact that I wasn't going in the direction I thought I would be going at my job was a factor, but those things kind of came together and I was, I was at probably one of my lowest points at that time. And I decided to move back to New York and I decided Uh to get back into teaching. And when I map out what happened after that, I got back into teaching on Long Island and then I got my job a couple years later in the city when I was single kind of broaden my search outside of Long Island to meeting uh-huh. people who were living in the city. And that's when I met Becca. And so <laughs> I, I've traced it back to, you know, if I hadn't moved back to New York, I might not have gone back into teaching. I might not have worked in the DOE. I might not have been willing to meet somebody who lived in the city. Uh-huh. And it all kind of went back to the fallout from the things that were going on at that time in Connecticut. And so when I look at it that way, um, it really did come down to, okay, I need to change something, even if yeah. it's a slight change. Or, and at that time, I was actually going, it was taking a couple steps back because I had worked for a while uh, you know, trying to find a job that would get me out of teaching. So going back into teaching w- felt like I was regressing at that time. But it was it was kind of like the best way I can put it is if I if I drove my car down the wrong street or made the wrong turn at a fork and then I backed the car up and turned the other direction at the fork. And I didn't know it at the time that that, that's all I was doing, but I felt I I was only going backwards, but really I was just kind of backing up slightly and then changing the trajectory and going in a different direction. Well, usually those, usually when you're 
that trajectory happens, it's not in the calmest of seas or periods of your life. It's usually turmoil that brings about that. She went through her breakup and came home and it was fortuitous that she was here because that's when I had my stroke. Right. So I was taking care of her. Then all of a sudden the tables were completely turned. You know, and and it's it's interesting because now you're a parent mm-hmm. and you know, you'll have that same exact feeling when he heads off to college. Oh, I'm sure. Exactly. Or the first trip he takes, you know, it's so it, it just happens that way. And I remember moving cross country from my mom. I got married and bam, we moved to, I mean, literally three days after our wedding, we were heading to Hawaii and... I remember going, wow, it's not a big deal to be away from my parents and my family. Well, then we went, moved back to Chicago, had that family experience for a couple of years, and then off we went again and never came back. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to my mom, I went, you know, I really am sorry that I hurt you in leaving. And this was just a conversation we had earlier last year and and she just looked at me and she said i know and she goes you don't have to apologize that's just part of growing up but did it really take 40 years to figure that out and i said no it's just that it's taken me that long to be able to verbalize it to you yeah and you know she said that's okay that's what being a parent is and I think that there's such a wonderful experience to be able to do that versus growing up in the same neighborhood, coming back in the same town, living in this, you know, that you never get out of that sphere in your comfort zone. Yeah. Therefore, experiences that you possibly could have had are missed, but you don't know that they're, that they're missed. Yeah. It's funny you say that because, you know, I'm, I kind of come from, you know, my family's been a little bit more of the stay in the same area kind of, uh, you know, that's been their experience. My dad lived in the same town until he got married, basically. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, then my parents, uh, their first apartment was two minutes from his parents' house. And then when they moved, they had me, and and, uh, when I was one, they moved again to where they still live now, and that was only maybe 25 minutes from his parents. So my dad has lived within the same 15, 20-mile radius for the last 60 years of his life. Um, And to him, I don't think he ever wanted anything else. I don't think he ever really thought much about what might have been outside of that circle because for him, you know, this was his comfort zone and he was okay with that. Right. And they made a life and it was comfortable, you know. So all of that, they probably can't relate to why you would like to leave. Right. Yeah. You know, that is just like, 
the biggest foreign concept to them, that's something that is going to be very difficult for them. But until it does happen, it's going to, you know, they're not going to really adjust to that. You didn't go far enough away to college. (laughs) I don't know. Well, okay, to be fair, I've thought about that. And when I was in high school, I was, and I, I still consider myself to be a relatively shy person, but um, I've, I've definitely come into my own and come out of my shell a lot more than I had been when I was 17 and 18 years old. So when I was looking oh. at colleges, I had no desire to go far away and it was it wasn't until my first semester i would go to class i would try to get involved in i was in uh intramural sports i played flag football you know trying to to meet people and socialize and i i made a friend or two but i had no real connection at school and so by the end of the first semester i said i think i have to I think I have to try to live on campus. And for me, that was relatively speaking and and where where my mindset was at the time, that was the equivalent of going to a school five hours away, 10 hours away out of state or whatever, you know, because that was so far out of my comfort zone at the time. And since then, I've continued to kind of push and push and push. I never thought I would leave New York when I was 18 years old. And now it's hard for me to imagine staying here. Yeah. And that's due to, I mean, there's been a lot of, there's been a a number, a series of events over the last 15 years of my life that have kind of set that in motion to the point where now, um, I, I, honestly, part of it was, you know, when I was in college, I started taking road trips mm-hmm. and I just found myself fascinated with what people were like in other areas of the country. And I didn't even go that far. You know, I was, I was still yeah. in the Northeast. I would go to Philadelphia. I'd go to Boston, um, Baltimore, Washington, DC, all within, you know, maybe four or five hours from New York. But those experiences kind of inspired me to think, you know, what if I what if I go a little further away? You know, I want to see more things, other areas of the country. And because I'm a huge baseball fan, I, I started going to a game at every stadium. And now the road trips became Chicago, Cleveland. Uh-huh. Um, I went down to Florida. And now I have this itch like I, I can't I can't travel enough. And it's not just travel it's i i want to not only visit places i want to i want to live somewhere else i want to feel and experience what it's like to live in a different part of the country or even a different country at this rate like you know i've looked into schools in europe and canada and five or ten years ago i wasn't there (laughs) i was not ready for that and now i can't wait for the opportunity to do something like that. Like I'm excited for that. Well, it's it's all about the timing too. When I first got married, I was the oldest child. So I was the first to get married. The first 
to move away from Chicago. Mm-hmm. So it was like I was the explorer for the family. Yeah. And my mom and dad had never been on an airplane. I, I was 21, almost 22 when I got married and drove with my brand new in-laws in a 67 Chevelle cross country to Seattle and saw mountains for the first time. We got to Nebraska and I thought there was a hill was the mountain start. <laughs> you know, so I have vivid memories of of taking pictures like 10 rolls of instamatic film of mountains and because i had never seen them before yeah you know and then seeing seattle for the first time and then going on my first airplane trip was from seattle you know to hawaii and never feeling scared just going wow what the heck and then you know experiencing hawaii and living there and it was so different Mm -hmm. and oh my gosh we were so dirt poor um i mean we were in the military we were on payday five couples would get we would get together and pool our money and go to the commissary and buy meat it was so expensive that we would it would take five families to buy like four pounds of ground beef wow and then we would go back we'd make you know one big pot of chili or something and then divvy it up Mm -hmm. and you know having bacon my mom would send bacon and kibasa from chicago in dry ice to hawaii and it would we would have parties and and have big breakfast because we had bacon i I mean it was you know i I think back and i go wow but we had a damn good time yeah so all of those things that happen and ending back up in seattle and having children there and and then move to san francisco we get here i have to work because of the economy here and I was a go-getter and I was progressing and I was you know going and moving forward and I look back now and go you know if we would have stayed in Seattle what would have happened continue on to hear part two of this episode